Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hey, this is Art, and this is the NAB 2023 TWIP episode number one. I wanted to just set up the episode you're about to hear, which was recorded on the eve of the first night of the show. I have several uh, colleagues here with me, Lou Lita, Johnny Carrera, Christian Schlicht, Brandon Blom, and Nick Prosha. And Lou Cortez is also here, but he did not appear on the podcast yesterday. We sat down after a long day of walking the show, Central Hall mostly, and we discussed what we saw. This Week in Production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908-451-6760. I have a multitude of guests tonight. But first, I will turn to Lou Lita and say, Mr. Lita, thank you for participating. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And I'm anxious to hear your take on NAB Day One, Central Hall. Lights, lights, lights. I've never seen so many lights in my life. Bud lights? <laughs> no Miller <problem>. lights? <laughs> I Seriously, it's like, how many companies can make lights and still be profitable? LED lights everywhere. I'm just blown away. But nothing that was uh, impressive. Nothing earth. I like. I like to say just another mousetrap. You know, it's fun. I'm always inspired. I love the energy. But you know, cameras, the Panasonics, the Sony's, the Canons, so many manufacturers making lights. You know, the usual suspects and companies I've never heard of. So it's it's just as I said, more tools, but. You know, different year, different mousetrap. Okay, so I will ask you for three things, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Lots of options, very affordable options, um, beautiful cameras, lenses. I found some, I again, I, I'm not going to name specific names. It's just my I, general takeaway. I want the good, the bad, I, and the ugly. All right, well, maybe I'm the wrong guy. I'm just I'm just trying to look at it from a, from a global view. I found... It always inspires me. Like I want to go back and do more beautiful work. Like I see what. So what inspired you? Like seeing some really cool lenses, cinematic lenses. Okay, like what? Um, I I, I gotta go. It's too much to absorb in one day. We may have to hand the mic All over. Right. All right, we're gonna I, hand. Like, the- I, it's too specific for me. I needed. I it's like first day for me is like getting the full overview. Second day is more. Okay, dive. okay. Let me let me just back up for a minute okay. for you. What was your vibe of the crowd at the NAB 23 day one? I, I just it would just seem like all right, it's NAB. There was no real buzz. I mean, again, I've been going I've been going to NAB since 1995. And I remember when when like like there was a real buzz with nonlinear and P2 and disc-based cameras and and you know breakthrough technology like it's like i wasn't really expecting anything breakthrough i was expecting just more of the same and at lower cost so 
again, it's good to be back here. There's always an energy, but it was no like, you know, real buzz. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's turn the microphone over to Mr. Johnny Carrera. Johnny Carrera. Yes, Johnny, welcome to This Week in Production. Please share your opinion on the NAB show 23 day one. The good was it's good to see crowds starting to come back, you know, post-COVID. Yep. You just get that motivation. Um, it gets you excited about what you love, the products, the just the, the whole point of doing what you do. Creating. Exactly, yeah, yeah, creating. Um, and seeing the companies that help you create. People want to see face-to-face conversations between uh, manufacturers and um, people that are in the industry. So I, I think it's a good thing. Um, I'm all about face-to-face conversation, like you too, walking the show floor, meeting the people or the manufacturers. I will second what you said from this aspect. I met three people today at the show who created some product for the production community and 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 some of which was very innovative. But I was able to talk to them. I was able to have a one-on-one conversation and hear why they created it, the need that they felt was voided. And you know, after the conversation, like we had a genuine appreciation for what they created. And that is something that you do not get on a YouTube video. Yep, you're right. You're 100% right. I know this challenging times. We're in very challenging times for any any manufacturer uh, or corporation, but uh, it just gave me a little bit more boost seeing this year that things are kind of looking better. Okay. You know, not necessarily there was a lot of innovation, but we understand that, you know, obviously the times we're in. Different innovation, I think. I, I think, you know, we were fortunate to sort of be on that analog to digital transition. Like we all, at least the older folk in the room, we all experienced the A to D, you know, firsthand. And, and you know, the analog world was pretty sedentary. And the transition to digital happened fairly quickly and it happened mm-hmm. in front of us. And and actually we've participated in disseminating that message for manufacturers. Like going back to Lou's statement with the, the lighting, there's so many, there's so many to choose from. And you question, all right, are they all getting this product from the same place? And then re putting their name on new products. You know, that's a big question, you know. But I also think it's a good good uh, area. It's given a little nudge to the people that are higher end to lower their prices or make it more affordable uh, to reach more consumers. Um, so I see that. So, um, so I think that's kind of like the bad, you know, the competition um, between lighting. Um, I don't really see it too much in the camera can't i would probably say the camera what we've seen so far at ab is kind of like stagnant so this was something i just lead everybody it just occurred to me so i I was like i was visiting a lighting company today that i had i've actually purchased their lights i was i wouldn't say attacked but approached very quickly by whoever she was and she was asking me 
what I do. And she was more interested in whether I was an influencer than an end user. She's like, oh, are you a YouTube influencer or what's your social media presence? I'm like, I'm an end user. Like, I, I use your products. But it didn't really seem to be that relevant to her. It was more like, oh, can I talk about these products and win other people over? And and that caught me off guard because yeah. I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm a guy that makes videos and makes a living. You know, I don't, I don't, again, if somebody asks me what I use and wants to know more about me, I'll tell them, but I don't self-promote myself in that way. Well, I'm going to turn to one of the Utes, Mr. Christian Schlicht. Hey, Art. Welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, Christian, this is your first NAB. Yes, sir. And I'd like just to hear your, you know, reactions, opinions, and overall perspective on what you witnessed today. Uh, so first reactions were the Las Vegas Convention Center is massive. Uh, it's it's overwhelming yet slightly breathtaking how much work and effort goes into this for the exhibitors and the attendees. It, it really is something else. So um, so bigger than what you thought. Yeah, I mean, you see the you know floor layout, you see the website. Nothing really prepares you for the scale of this event. What did you see today? You know, if you can categorize it in the good, the bad, and the ugly, tell me what you saw, what you liked, what you thought was complete malarkey. So as a cinematographer and camera operator, I set my goals and sights on mostly the create space that NAB calls it, uh, which is mostly camera and lenses. And lighting, of course. Um, but uh, so I guess to check off your three categories, uh, good was the competition, I think. Um, we're in an age of disruptor companies, which has kind of been on the up, in my opinion, for the last five to seven years. But you're seeing a massively saturated, not overly saturated, but a heavily saturated uh, market of disruptor companies that are producing these lenses and cameras from all sorts of different countries and whether it's the US or China or Japan and it's it's pretty cool because we're also seeing a shift of production towards these independent owner operators that's making cinematography video production vlogging accessible for a lot more people and I don't think that's a bad thing I love seeing people get into it and producing all sorts of different content yeah, in fairness, and you 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 know haven't been here to witness it. That has been the trend for probably the past five years at NAB. You know the independent right. content creator influence space. Sure, the you know everything's been falling in terms of price, right, and uh, complexity. So okay, yeah, I, so, I don't think that's a bad thing. I yeah, no, it's good. not. I agree with you one hundred percent. The bad, in my opinion, uh, I don't know if there was one for me. No, no, it's you know first time, so I kind of had that that wow factor. Um, the whole self absorbance thing for me, you know, self video culture, self photo culture, or selfie culture, it's not for me. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. This whole influencer uh, thing, I wouldn't call it bad or ugly. It's just not my thing. So I, it doesn't just appeal to me. So I kind of stay out of its way. But that's kind of a a bad, if you will. Okay. I feel like I knew a lot more than I thought I knew. 
about specs and gear and technology, which was pretty cool because talking shop's fun. You know, the few times I've been on this podcast, you kind of get the sense that I'm a gearhead and I always have been, and I just love it. So that on such a grand scale was, was super fun and exciting, uh, from one gearhead to a lot. The Sony booth was just spectacular. I'm a Panasonic shooter, but I'm certainly thinking about switching to a Sony workflow now. Um, you know, what what's appealing to you about the what like let's get specifics so like what camera did you look at what are you sure. impressed with what are you thinking is a better method for you color science so i'm used to panasonic scene files but uh sony's picture profiles you know excluding the s-log which i've worked before because my first mirrorless was an a7s2 so uh you know they're they've developed these new color gamuts that are uh, reflective of the Sony Venice 2's uh, color science, and they've put this into the FX3 and FX30, which is a full frame and Super 35 sensor, respectively, and they just look absolutely beautiful. Granted, they had some really nice glass mounted on them, but, I mean, it's for the specs you get, the image you get, at that price point of the FX30 is just astounding, and it was truly like, wow, maybe maybe Panasonic's not keeping up. And it kind of put into perspective how future-proof my current kit's going to be. So thinking forward, I mean, I, I may have to consider a switch. W welcome to TWIP first-timer, Nick Prosha. Long-time listener. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> so, Nick, your first NAB. Mm -hmm. I'm anxious to hear your impressions and opinions yeah it, it's big it's like the first uh you know convention of this size that i've ever been to felt like a lot of redundancy a lot of things that maybe i could have just seen online online shopping through like bnh catalogs or going to the websites and it felt like a lot of paperwork that was given to me or a lot of emails that were going to get passed around that maybe i might not be really looking forward to but um it was nice to like meet the faces to certain companies and also find new companies to for products that I, uh, you know, or, or tools that I use often and finding new solutions to, you know, those tools like, you know, equipment carts, for example, like there's just really interesting different manufacturers and things like that. People from outside of the U.S. coming in to kind of show off their their wares, being able to put my hands on certain things and feel like quality. Um, of items that I like see online maybe impress me, but it felt like everything was pretty much what I expected. And um, I don't know. I don't think I saw as much as I should have for the first day. It felt like I was walking around in circles. So that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Was there things that you were disappointed with in your first day of NAB? Yes and no. I felt like some of the sales reps were uh, less engaging than others at certain booths, like some of the booths that, uh, you know, like household names, you might expect them to be like a little more enthusiastic or outgoing for your business. And it felt like they just weren't really looking to talk or were a little bit standoffish or not as like salesy and uh, like open to having a conversation as I, I would have expected. I, I will say this, two, two or three indicators to for me, just to gauge sort of the industry, um, Matthews 
which has traditionally had a huge booth, mm -hmm. they were scaled way back this year. And and granted, they were here at least because the past few years they've been absent. So I was a little surprised that they had such a small presence. On the flip side, Sony had their normal size booth and it was fairly crowded. So I took that as an indicator that, you know, a lot of people are still attending and looking for gear compared to, you know, years past where there were maybe one or two big item. Sony's got 10 or 20 small priced items that are popular. It's the cost to enter is a lot lower. So any anything else that uh, stuck out to you on your first day of NEB? I, I think that uh, I was expecting maybe coffee carts, uh, mobile baristas. I was expecting uh, beverages just flowing. Flowing, yeah. It, it uh, felt like I had to walk a while to find a, a snack and a drink, and uh, which you know is not the end of the world. Okay. Brandoni. Brandoni, this is also your first appearance, Brandon Blum. Thank so, you for having me back. Yeah, no, no, welcome. So, <laughs> so tell us your opinion on NAB. Your first NAB, right? Yes, my first NAB. Um, I think you guys tried to kind of give us a view on the scope of the conference, but just you know, walking in there, it was definitely still, you know, bigger than what I was expecting. Um, we walked in and we went to one of the, you know, conference rooms and we were walking around before we realized that we weren't even in the right conference room and we still didn't even see most of that room. And then we spent the whole rest of the day in the central hall. So yeah, the scope of it, it was, I mean, I was expecting it to be big, but yeah, it was huge, which was cool. I don't think anyone can possibly imagine that so many companies are competing in this space for so many categories. So, what were what was one thing that you were saw one one thing that you saw that you were impressed by? I mean, all of the different cinema lens manufacturers that were there and even some that I hadn't heard of before um, and just, you know, the the crazy amount of, you know, real quality um, cinema glass that's out there on the market right now. Um, yeah, I, that's one thing that I was really impressed by is just, you know, the quality that you can get, the, you know, the variations of stuff that you can get, um, you know, anamorphic, you know, whatever type of uh, cinema lens that you're looking for, there's more options than your, you know, Canon cinema lenses and like the, the Aries and the Zeisses and, you know, the, those big ones, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, options out there for you. What about the things that were disappointing to you? Anything stand out? There's a lot of stuff there that I wasn't super familiar with. Um, just, you know, some aspects in production that I'm not super hands-on with. I guess, you know, some of the, the those smaller booths that I wouldn't really pay attention to, kind of just walked right past them. And anything that you were horrified by? <laughs> a hot dog was five seventy five, and that was the cheapest thing to get. <laughs> so That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I, I will I will say this and and I don't want to go off on a tangent, but um, I and I think it's been curtailed for the most part since COVID. But occasionally, you would get a, just a blatant disregard for the user base by a manufacturer, 
introducing a new product. And again, Sony was probably the king of doing that five years ago. You know, introducing new cameras that basically slapped their existing user base by tens of thousands of dollars of their investment. And I haven't seen that for a while. This year, DJI takes the cake, the crown, the world title in pissing off their user base. And I say this with the introduction of the Inspire 3. Basically, and I, I saw the you know the leak a couple days before. I mean, it was rumored. We knew it was coming. But basically, they introduced a drone with great specs, but with zero compatibility for any of their previous high-end gear. And when I went to the booth and asked some pointed questions about, you know, the high-end stuff that I bought, is there equivalence in the new, you know, uh, environment? Their answer was no. No. Here's a brand new drone with great specs, but with zero support for existing products in the category. And they just didn't care. They're oblivious to what the user base needs and wants. And that was probably the worst offense that I saw today. And, and granted, we spent eight hours in the Central Hall, and I did not see everything. All right, Lulita, you were going to add something to the conversation. Yes, I just like I guess my takeaway, and as it's always been at every NAB, is I'm always invigorated by the creativity, the technology, the possibilities, right? No matter what, at this point in history, technology is mind-blowing. I mean, it's a great time to be alive. It's, you know, granted, there's a lot of problems in the world, but if you're in this business, cameras are amazing, technology, uh, audio, lighting, everything is incredible. So there's the potential here to make phenomenal movies, commercials, videos, whatever it may be. It's it's all here for us, and it's very affordable. So I'm invigorated by that. There's really no reason you cannot do incredible stuff at a very low cost. Well, you should be disturbed because most of the products that I saw were targeted to iPhone and vloggers. And, and that is part of the deal. Now, as I think you and I mentioned earlier today, we don't dictate the flow of the industry. We're a small, tiny little piece I'm of it. I'm sorry, I thought I did. <laughs> you are an influencer, but but we're just along for the ride and we adapt. If we want to work and we want to be profitable and make a living, we adapt. Day two for me is going to be the North Hall, which should be Blackmagic, uh, Teradek, Adobe. Like These are companies that we didn't get to see today. And there's a whole slew of what I would call the back-of-hall companies in the central hall that I didn't get to see, including case manufacturers. I saw glimpses of these companies walking past, and I almost got whiplash a few times. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, and then you walk by, and you're like, I have to come back and see those. So I really, unfortunately, my golf is going to, cut down on the number of days I have to see gear, but I'm going to have to spend most of the day tomorrow between North 
and Central Hall, and then I'll dash a little bit into the West Hall, which is kind of new technology. Brandoni, go ahead. Yeah, um, I just well, that's probably one of the more surprising things to me about today. One of the first booths, one of the first um, representatives that we were speaking to, uh, you know, he was explaining a product, and we had a couple of questions for him, and then we said, "Hey, does it do this, this, and this?" And he said, "No, but." use it here's my card email me your feedback for it like like he was the designer of it like just talking to us about it and he wanted our feedback as you know professionals who are going to be using it uh to make it you know tailored to you know the people who use it the best so that was very surprising to me i thought it was just going to be a bunch of sales reps just trying to push products but it was actually people who are invested in actually creating um some of the stuff as well that that were there so that's probably one of you know the more surprising in, in a positive way takeaways that I had um, from the conference. But I also just wanted to kind of go back to your point before that one about kind of a lot of the gear being tailored towards like mobile devices and in creators like that. Um, just because you know for myself personally, um, making you know in the middle of editing a documentary that was shot mostly on an iphone with a little phone anamorphic lens um you know i don't think that that is necessarily a bad thing to, to go in that direction because it has opened up it's just made the level of entry a lot easier for a lot of people and now i you know a year later i'm looking at you know a cinema you know a cheaper cinema camera to kind of step up to that stage before you know, stepping up again. And the products, you know, that that these companies are coming out with, you know, they're packing so many specs into something that's very affordably priced. And it's just been, you know, people are going to start off with the iPhone stuff and in a couple of years they're going to be moving on to something else. So it's really just kind of a pipeline into the industry, which is awesome. You know, that's an interesting point that you brought up, Brandon. And it's funny because it triggered a conversation I had with an audio manufacturer and I was talking about his uh, products and I was interested and he says, please let me scan your badge because I have to justify to my boss the four and a half million dollars that we had to spend to exhibit here. And he said it in sincerity and I do know the cost to, you know, exhibit at NAB is very expensive on a whole. And the problem is that the dichotomy of the broadcast industry over the past 20 years started off with, you know, cameras that used to cost $75,000 minimum. And now they're $1,500 or so. And you can't support the infrastructure of a trade show like this when you're selling only a $1,500 camera. And I think that's the problem the industry is in right now is that, yes, the the barriers to entry have come way, way down. And I think that's great for content. Yeah. It's hard for manufacturers to exist in this environment, especially when they're almost being forced to exhibit in a in a world where the expense is very high and the return is very low. And I think you've seen many, many manufacturers fail in this space and even drop out. I mean, Apple dropped out a long time ago and they realized they don't need the show, but many other companies don't have Apple's visibility. So they do feel like they need the show. 
but the expense is very, very high. I mean, Zacuto used to have a huge, huge booth, and now there were two people in their booth, and they were showing basically an iPhone support and a microphone for mobile, you know, production. And that really tells you a lot because they were they were the cornerstone of the uh, support products for most cameras five years ago. Yeah, and I think um, it really just benefits probably the, um, and this is just my opinion on it, uh, but it, it seems like it would benefit the bigger manufacturers too who are able to produce something that's $1,500 for people to get into the industry because they're making so much money and still selling like Sony's selling the Venice and like all those expensive cameras that are, you know, supporting, you know, Sony's obviously huge and it has plenty of money, but it's just like a, another company might not be able to introduce a product that that's that cheap um, and still, you know, have a big booth and everything. You have something to say, Nick? Uh, yeah, going back to, uh, or just at, piggybacking onto this conversation of, uh, like, is it worth it for certain companies to even show up to these events? Like, it, what's the value to them, really? Like, you, you know, you said that Matthews used to have a massive presence. Today, though, Matthews is pretty much the industry standard for all grip and gaff and camera support equipment. There's a boutique in my town that uh, has their window displays they have shoes propped up in their windows on Matthew's Apple boxes. So I, I think from a like a brand recognition standpoint, like they don't even need to be there. They're there to make friends, I think, really. And so I, it's almost like what's the what's the point for some of these companies that already have their brand on lock and already have their client base to Really yeah, what up. is the incentive? And and, yeah. the, and the answer is I don't know. Yeah. So so companies that have brand recognition, as you say, probably don't need to be here. And I think the trend is yes, we're going smaller and spending less. But companies that are trying to break through, it's still an opportunity to reach a big audience that might not find you on Instagram or YouTube because you're not known. So that wraps up day one of NAB. We'll be back tomorrow with more insights from the crew, the gang. For This Week in Production, I'm Art Aldridge. We'll see you next time.